welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour! Your <laughs> source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And no, Shibble, you're scaring the deer away with your Shishioto she. That sounds like something I'd do. So, uh, this week, we're back. We had a little bit of recording uh, hiatus. I was on vacation, and we've had things going on. So, it might take a minute for me to get back in my groove. But they wouldn't know it, because there was an episode out. Oh, yeah, don't worry. We're still keeping up our blistering pace of releases every other week. In addition to releases on our Patreon, uh, we've been having our Nightmare on Elm Street series over there. By now, we've probably moved on to our next series of bonus episodes. Uh, what cheese is that? <laughs> it won't be that, but it, it'll also be great. Uh, as always, on an episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fred Hour, one of us, Shibble in this instance, has done extensive research on a ghoul, goblin, demon, or place, and uh, that place in this instance is the Bermuda Triangle. The other one of us, me, did absolutely nothing. Yep. Just, 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 just relaxed and and just brought in what I know already about the Bermuda Triangle. And I'm ready to ask all the questions that you guys are wondering to find out what is this thing? What is the Bermuda Triangle? For the last two weeks, Ethan's been eating peeled grapes and watching his favorite The Learning Channel shows. What's on The Learning Channel? Um, Insane Pools, I think. No. I, I, that's not a show. There's, there is a show called Insane Pools, and I watched one episode, and let me tell you, the pool was nowhere near as insane as I was hoping. It was a very nice pool. I'll give them that. Oh, uh, I thought it was like the pool, like someone died in it, like insane pools, like like they were like a dead evil. pool. Well, we're Uncle Monster. I thought it was like a, it's a ghostly pool. No, that, no, no. This is just about really nice pools. Um, what what I'd like to do, Shibble, yeah. uh, since this is the Bermuda Triangle episode, mm-hmm. is I'd like to tell you without without you giving me any info first, because mm-hmm. you have none. What, I, I really only have what I brought in, you know, what I've heard throughout my life about this thing. I'd like to tell you what my theories are, what I think the Bermuda Triangle is. Hit me with your top Bermuda Triangle theories. Go. Okay. Now, okay. start. <laughs> like I say, my Begin. top theories, because you know I have more than one. I know you have more than one. I know you came yeah. prepared. I have a bunch. Um, you always there's... are so good at coming prepared. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I take it seriously. You do. Uncle Monster is very I important. really treat it like a joke. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> my theory number one. This is my skeptic theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be just a bunch of coordinates where there have been a bunch of crashes and disappearances. However, I think if you cherry-picked your coordinates, you could probably make a Bermuda Triangle out of like a thousand different places just based on the evidence you want to gather. Mm. Like if you just found a bunch of crashes and then you just picked a triangle and put it around it, you can go, oh, a Bermuda Triangle over here near Jakarta. You mm. know? I think then you'd probably want to call it the Jakarta Triangle. Well, in that case, you would, Shibble. In that case, you you, you certainly would. <laughs> yeah, I think it would just make more sense. Everyone would be asking, why do you call it the Bermuda Triangle of Jakarta? 
<laughs> well, I like that better now. The Bermuda Triangle of Jakarta. That's what I would go with. No, that's um, true. That's the best possible. What are your other theories? That one was that one's boring, kind of. Um, it's true. My second second theory is that uh, the Bermuda Triangle is a Caribbean cryptid. Okay, I like it. It be- began on a kids' show where all the kids' TV show, where all the characters dressed in foam-shaped costumes to teach geometry to kids. Mm-hmm. One was a square, one a circle, one was a dodecahedron, but the actor who played the triangle, a guy from Bermuda, was secretly a child murderer. Oh, jeez. He used the show to gain access to children, then he disappeared after a massive manhunt and was presumed dead. Now he haunts the children of Bermuda dressed as a foam triangle, whispering shit about acute angles, and then he eats the children. Wow. That certainly is not what it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> luckily I have two more theories. Oh my god, two more theories. Okay. Keep Theory going. number three. The Bermuda Triangle is a sex act involving two men, one woman, and some light contortionism. Okay. I mean, that certainly is the most pleasant one you've described so far. Theory number four, my final theory, and the one I'm going to go with. The Bermuda Triangle is an evil gateway to hell that opens when the three points of the triangle align in the stars, and anything that travels through goes straight to hell. It's like a like a hell toll booth that's only rarely open, like the cash lane. Okay. Well... So, so the stats, going with theory number four, would be 500 square miles long. Okay. Or... Not long, I guess. 500 square miles of Bermuda Triangle. It's in the uh, Caribbean. Okay. Uh, it opens when the stars align. Opens the gateway to hell. It's inescapable unless you make a deal with a demon there. And many presumed dead celebrities live there. Okay. That is my guess. Okay. Well, I can tell you, uh, your final guess certainly could be accurate. Oh, thank you. Uh... But how about I, I tell you a little bit about the Bermuda Triangle in the form of fiction? But before that... Well, wait, fiction or... I prefer narrative fiction. Yes, it would be narrative. Okay. But, but before that, I think you wanted to just double-check our microphones. Yes, I'd like to introduce a new segment called Mic Check. And it goes a little something like this. Hit it! It goes like this. I wrote it down. There's a theme song. It goes... Are we recording, or did someone mess up? I'm recording. Um, yeah, mine, my audacity's going to. Yeah, we're both recording. All right. Okay, segment over. We're both recording. Excellent. Thank God, another success in the Uncle Monster Studios. Yeah, well, Well, listen, you know what, now it, I can relax for the rest of the episode. After a few mishaps, you have to introduce a segment like that. All right, so with that, are we ready for... St- Story time? It's story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story Story time! time. They shut down your alligator farm. (laughs) Government hates to see a man make an honest living. They're the biggest crooks of them all. Man is just trying to make a dollar and a dime in this life. By hook or by crook, that's what you gonna do. This new business venture you got going, it ain't so bad. You got a gang of teens set up in San Juan, bootlegging extreme animated pornography. 
that you sell to high-end perverts across the American South. Once a week, you gas up the old Cessna and fly out to Puerto Rico to pick up a pallet of VHS tapes. Out there, you can get your dupes made for 32 cents a piece, and you sell them directly to your mail-order of preverts for 80 bucks a pop. If those good old boys want to see a robot with three penises make love to a 20-foot-tall schoolgirl, they're going to have to pay a premium. Robo King 3, the Garden of Kumiko's Delights, ought to be a big seller. You wonder if he shouldn't have had the boys print up another run for next week. Instead of getting started on Sexual Hell Wars, which was about a ninja with a clitoris like a garter snake fighting an army of ass demons. Ah, who are you kidding? These preverts will buy whatever slop you put in their trough. Yes, they love their impossible smut. And the more impossible it is, the more they love it. The more they love it, the more they pay. It's a beautiful day for flying pornography. And on a clear day like this, you can imagine the whole world ain't nothing but ocean, sky, and your little plane. It's so peaceful, the sun begins to set. And you gotta ask yourself... Why have you been flying for six hours and you ain't spotted Florida yet? Why is the sun setting in the south? You thump on your compass with your knuckle a few times, but the thing don't budge. You quickly bank left and start following the sun west, hoping it'll lead you to the mainland. You gotta wander if all your instruments are off if your compass is out of whack. That's when you see the clouds start blowing in. Before you can spit, stuck in the cloud bank. Without old Mr. Sun, you're flying blind again. You decide you ought to dive down a bit. Maybe you can get below these clouds and figure out where you're going. And if you end up uh, out of fuel before you make the coast, it'll be safer to ditch. You just hope your altimeter ain't busted too. You break through the clouds and a couple hundred feet above sea level. What you see spread out before you, well, gives you a fright. As far as the eye can see, you got wrecked cargo ships, fighter planes, a pleasure yacht called Daddy's Money. They all seem lodged on a massive sandbar. At the center of the sandbar is a whirlpool. At the center of that whirlpool is a blue beam of light pointing at the sky. You grab the stick and pull up to try to pull away but it don't work. Your plane is being pulled towards that blue light. Towards that whirlpool. Before your plane gets sucked into this glowing abyss Think about all those horrible preverts. Do they know that they too could be called victims of the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> the end. What? The, <laughs> that was an amazing. Normal. That was an amazing story. What was the end? 
uh, you got sucked into uh... no no I know that <laughs> the last line your last thoughts are of the, all your horrible perverts who will no longer be able to get their uh, bootleg uh, oh their victims be, that's, oh that's why their victims as well Okay. Yes. so his last thought was with his customers that's nice yeah they too that's a good victims. salesman yeah he cares about his business yeah, Just but, like but he, he calls them pre alligators. Yeah, that's exactly. He's a great salesman. You got to give him that. Yeah, he's he's, he's now sold. Uh, what does he sell? He sells. He sells a- uh, anime porn, extreme anime porn, and and albino alligators. Uh, they weren't albinos when he was. Oh, they were right. just baby alligators. Baby alligators and prevert porn. Yeah, porn for just just the horrible stuff. Well, I I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I know you like it when there's pornography in the episode. Hey, I'm, I'm listen. We have a segment <laughs> called "Can It Love? Can It F?" I mean, I, no, I, just, no, it, I take it seriously. Justified. Yeah. Would you like to start off with some Bermuda facts? Yeah. Let's set the scene. Paint me a picture okay. of Bermuda. Yeah, exactly. That because that's what these Bermuda facts do. Yeah, I'm sure they. Oh my God, they're gonna be horrible, aren't they? No, okay. no, they're not. I, I I've actually gone with much brighter facts lately because it's you know the the rest of the show is funny. It's good to learn something. And and there's you know what I like a nice fact. It just puts a smile on my face. Good, good. Okay, can I have a Bermuda facts from you? Bermuda facts. Bermuda has a glow in the dark worm. Hmm. The Bermuda fireworm is four centimeters long, red, and covered in bristles that sting if you touch them. Mm. Between May and November, on the third night after the full moon and 56 minutes after sunset, yes, it is that exact, the worms go crazy. Females swim up from the sea, releasing a luminescent slime to attract males. Neon circles on the males pulse with passion, and they are ready to mate. Man. That's incredible. Nature's incredible. What a wonderful Bioluminescence fact. is crazy. I love that. Yeah, uh, it's always that's always the best part in the nature documentary when it they is. show something bioluminescent and you're like, oh damn. You're like, wow, nature is sick. Okay, Bermuda is the shipwreck capital of the world. Hmm. Bermuda's extensive coastal reef and big storms are the perfect conditions for shipwrecks. To date, over 300 wrecks have been found dating back to the 1600s. Hmm. And num- number three, Bermudian or Bermudan? Bermudan? I, I'm not sure. Bermuda's New Year's is celebrated with an onion. Okay. Bermuda was famous for growing some of the best onions in the world. Hmm. That legend still lives on at New Year's. At the stroke of midnight, a giant onion decked out in Christmas lights drops from the town hall in St. George's Town Square. That's awesome. Good I think you, that's Bermuda. sick. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. I would love it if I was from the place like, you know, onions, that thing that's in like everything that you eat and is delicious. We Ew. make the best onions in the world. I I hate onions, but no, I, I mean, think it's cool they drop an onion for New Year's. That's cool. Why does it have Christmas lights on it if it's for New Year's? You know, because what, are they going to get separate New Year's lights? You already got the Christmas lights. Let's just use the Christmas lights. I guess there's not a lot of Hanukkah going on in Bermuda. Probably probably not enough <laughs> not enough Maybe. i'm sure there's just enough okay <laughs> well with that now that you have a picture of bermuda and their wonderful onions let's get into the bermuda triangle i'm excited minutes let's learn into the episode <laughs> aka the devil's triangle uh 
It's an area of the uh, Atlantic Ocean that extends from the southern tip of Florida to Puerto Rico to Bermuda. Those are their three vertices of the triangle. It's an area that's roughly 1,500 miles. Oh, so I was, what did I say, 500 square miles? Yeah. Is that equal to 1,500 miles? No, No, that's uh, 2,500 miles. Yeah, it's, or I think, like, the distance from Bermuda to San Juan is 1,500 kilometers you would have to Pythagorean it? Yeah, I let's say it's about 500 square miles. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I mean, also, it's um, it's sort of nebulous. Like, it's not like there's a hard line where you're in the triangle or you're out of the triangle. It's more of a loosely defined triangular area. Okay, well, that's scary because I'd like to know, like, when I'm about to be in it and when I'm not. And that's what I always thought of when I, when I thought of the Bermuda Triangle when I was, like, a kid. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like Bermuda Triangle was bigger when we were kids. You don't hear it was so totally. I yeah, we were well aware of it. Yeah. And for me, I always imagined it like just a mile across, and like you could see, then you would like walk in and it'd be like walking through a gray wall. And once you got inside the Bermuda Triangle, everything was like gray and fucked up, and it was like wow. this other dimension. That's what I always thought of it as being like. My grandpa told me it was fake, so I always pictured it as fake. Okay, jeez, thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, really? Well, let's see. I bet if he heard this episode, he'd think differently. Planes? Well, he disappeared years later, so... I'm just joking. He's, he died of lung cancer. Well, okay. <laughs> but we knew where he was. That's good. A hospice. Probably the best place for him in that situation. <laughs> Better than the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, planes and ships are said to enter their Devil's Triangle and just completely disappear. Over 50 ships and 20 planes have been documented disappearing. You mean, okay, doc, it's documented that all 70 of those vehicles have actually gone missing. Yes, I, I don't... You can find out a lot of information about all of these. There's a lot of information about the Bermuda Triangle out there. I pulled out three specific examples well, yeah, that I, mean, I thought there's seventy. Monsters. You don't have yeah. to. We don't. Yeah, need all I'm not going to gonna give you the rundown of everyone, but I right. got three for you. Okay. So the oldest documented one uh, that I could find was the disappearance of the USS Cyclops. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, a naval cargo ship, called a uh, type of cargo ship that's called a collier because it would mostly be used to carry coal. Coal. On uh, February twentieth, nineteen eighteen. She left port in Salvador, heading out to Baltimore, with roughly $16 million worth of manganese on board Oh, uh, that she had picked up in Brazil. Uh, they stopped over in Barbados because it looked like she was riding low uh, because of all the weight. But uh, inspectors uh, cleared her on that. There's also a cracked still cylinder in the starboard engine. Uh, which, but it was still able to run. So uh, they moved on, heading up to Baltimore. It got a clean bill of health and set off from Barbados on March 4th. On March 9th, it was spotted by a molasses tanker called the Amolco. I bet it was slow. <laughs> ah, I'm just going to... Did you ever hear about the great Boston molasses flood? No. 
It's Never. so intense. Okay, this was like, and you can another thing you can find a lot of information about. This is gonna. I'm gonna spend a minute on this. Is this pre Tea Party or post Tea Party? This was like in the 19 teens. I want to say, like oh, probably okay. right around this time. Although I'm not sure. Uh, but there's a huge vat of molasses, right? Like an industrial sized vat, like a vat the size of a building, filled with molasses on the top of a hill and it ruptured in the middle of the summer so all the molasses was really hot and so it could move really easily as you know for molasses and so it rushed down the street people dogs horses drowned in this flood of molasses. They drowned in molasses? There was enough molasses for them to drown. That's that's the worst thing I've heard since oh, the condo. Yeah, truly horrifying. I can't believe that happened. Where did that happen? Boston. The Boston molasses flood. In ni- in the 19 teens? Something like there? that. Somewhere in uh, you know, Were they like early 20th case? century. Were they encased in the molasses and like we can find them now? And uh, I, they've since cleaned them up and I believe buried them. Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm glad they. That was <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, didn't just leave them on the street under three inches of molasses. Like this is a warning. I would have. I would have called it Molasses Town and opened it to the public. Well, that is probably a good idea, but maybe the families would have. We have a slow pace of living around here. In Molasses Town. <laughs> now do it with a Boston accent. We we have a slow pace of living here in Molasses Town. There you go. Molasses All the town, residents are dead. <laughs> Molasses Town does sound like a Boston neighborhood. <laughs> Boston strong. So, uh, after it was spotted by the Molasses Tanker, the Amolco, off the coast of Virginia, but it was never seen again. The USS Cyclops never arrived in Baltimore. No one ever saw or found it, and its crew of over 300 people. No one ever found the wreckage. Nothing. And it passed through the triangle. Yes. That's scary. 300 people, man, just gone. Just completely gone. And $16 million worth of manganese. Wow. Which, by the laws of salvage, if you found it, that's your manganese. Where do you get rid of manganese? Uh, why would I want to get rid of it? <laughs> You're right. If you found $16 million of manganese, you probably want to hold on to it, not immediately flip it. Oh, oh, you mean where do I sell manganese? I thought you were like, if I just wanted to dispose of manganese safely, where could I put that? Is no, I don't know. <laughs> who, who could I sell manganese to? Uh, steel mill? I think it's used in making types of stainless steel. Is that right? I don't know much about manganese. I did a little manganese research. That's how I found out how much it was worth. Oh. And based on the weight. Why don't we go treasure hunting? Oh my god, I would love to find treasure. Do they do they do a lot of people treasure hunt in the Bermuda Triangle? Oh, I'm sure. Especially you said at the beginning, you know, being a ship Bermuda being a shipwreck capital, you know, and the salvage anything you find in the ocean, that's yours. Wow. 
I really think we should get into that. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. Go. <laughs> I don't think we'd be good at it, but no, how fun no, would it that be? would be. I would be awful at it. It would involve being outside way too much. And I there's get, sharks. I get seasick. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Forget it. So January 31st. But all that manganese. Oh, that sweet, sweet manganese. Sweet manganese. Yeah. All I need to do is call up my buddies at the steel mill and tell them, listen, <laughs> if I got a deal on manganese for you. Do it before I get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy just wants to throw it away. So rock bottom prices. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, January 31st, 1921. Uh, perhaps the most famous disappearance in the Bermuda Triangle. The Black uh, Dahlia. No, a five-masted commercial schooner called the Carol A. Deering. The Carol, the disappearance of the Carol Deering is a very famous disappearance. Apparently. I've heard of the of the I have, I, the name Carol Deering. Is that why it's familiar? Yeah. Okay. So it ran aground off of Cape Hatton's North Carolina. Uh, three days prior, it had been spotted by a light ship, which is basically a lighthouse that's also a boat. Uh, and the what? light ship said uh, that they had said that they had lost their anchors in a storm. Uh, they also uh, reported seeing a crew members on the quarter deck, which is a place where crew members normally are not allowed. Uh, is that suspicious? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so the Coast Guard, uh, uh, after they ran aground on January 31st, uh, the Coast Guard couldn't go investigate immediately because of bad weather. Uh, so they were able to get out on February 4th, and when they did, the boat was completely empty. Uh, all the crew was gone. It was a ghost ship. Captain William Merritt and his crew of 10 Scandinavian sailors never seen again. Uh, the FBI investigated this and ruled out piracy, uh, domestic communists, and rum runners as all possible uh, suspects. What was the cargo? Uh, it does not say. Was the cargo still there? Uh, well, let's see if we can find out. Because I, I wouldn't rule out robbery if the cargo was gone. Well, they ruled out piracy. Whatever. Yeah, but just regular robbery. I mean, when you do that on the ocean, that's piracy. Yeah, but they ran aground. Oh, like they ran aground, and then people like were like, "Hey, let's go on board and take some manganese." But I mean, even the Coast Guard couldn't get there because of the bad weather. It sounds yeah. like an excuse. Yeah, that's the Coast Guard. They hate it when it's chilly. <laughs> My grandpa was in the Coast Guard during World War Two. Oh, did he hate it when it was chilly? Yeah, he was a real pussy. <laughs> no, my grandpas were like so much tougher than I ever will. They were both in World War II. One was, you know, saw a Pacific theater action mm. and it, like he used to have dreams of seeing bodies burning because the <laughs> oil on top of the water and reaching out to him for help. And like <sighs> that's his like memories and my memories are like, I don't have anything traumatic, and yet I still can never achieve what he did. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, it's it's just it, I I don't understand how that works. Generate generationally, they were just tougher than us. I think that's relatively fair to say. Yeah, uh, my grandfather's uh, one served as like a supply guy for a camp. And the other one uh, couldn't serve because he had been previously shot in the hip in a hunting accident. But he did work at MIT developing a new type of radar. That's awesome. Okay, I, I have to tell the story. Okay. My great-uncle Murray, my uh, grandfather's brother, 
rescued 3,000 people at a church in France. There were they had a whole battalion there, and they had lost communication um, with the rest of the of the army or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he volunteered to go through enemy lines and get reinforcements. He made it through in the middle of the night. And on the way back, was killed by friendly fire. But he got the re- the tank bata- the tank regimen in, and they cleared the area. And there's all these letters my grandma has from people saying they never would have seen another Christmas if it wasn't for him. Oh, that's incredible! So that's Murray Lancer. Well, thank you for your service, uh, R.I.P. Murray Lancer. May yes. your memory be a blessing. Yes. Hopefully, oh. you didn't end up in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh my God, that would be. He deserves better. Yes, he does. Look but he for was in the Coast Guard, our MIA so POWs in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, okay. So, and this is my third case. This is my, third case, uh, yes. This is the third of three. Yes. Of the 70. <laughs> Flight 19. This is, I chose the most famous uh, air incident. How recent is this? December 5th, 1945. Okay. They had uh, planes? It, Yes. I'm not just joking. <laughs> These were airboats, uh, a futuristic invention that never caught on. Uh, no, this was a training flight for five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. Ooh. Uh, they uh, were supposed to be taking a 351-mile flight, taking off, circling around, and landing back in Fort Lauderdale. They headed out disappeared uh, they had radioed in they were having some navigational trouble and then after that nobody heard from them did they go near the Bermuda Triangle you didn't mention that they were in the Bermuda, their, their flight path took them through the Bermuda Triangle all of these <laughs> took place in the Bermuda Triangle okay because you, you, we haven't heard much about that <laughs> you're just like they, they disappeared I'm like where where'd that happen <laughs> the Bermuda all of these the boats were in the Bermuda Triangle too Okay. Oh, well, now it's starting to make sense that this might be a dangerous area. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not just talking about assorted disappearances. <laughs> they all tie in. They're all connected. I, I understand. Thank you. Don't you see? It's not a coincidence. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and there's 70 of these, which is what the amazing thing is. You could literally sit here and, and go through 70 if you wanted to. Yeah. So after the Flight 19 disappeared... The Navy sent out a Martin PBM flying boat, which was the model of plane, uh, to search for Flight 19. This plane also disappeared. Uh, the Naval, in the Bermuda Triangle? Yes, also searching in the Bermuda Triangle for Wait, Flight the plane, 19. Wait, the plane they sent to find it also disappeared for good? Yep. Never found it. They never found any wreckage. Wow. And the naval investigators were never able to determine the exact cause. That's insane. That's a na- two Navy planes and they can't explain it? Well, actually, six Navy planes because Flight 19 was five planes flying together. Oh, And they okay. all disappeared. That's, in- that's absolutely insane to me. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, has anyone linked like Amelia Earhart to the Bermuda Triangle or no? No, I think she was uh, over the Pacific where she disappeared. Oh, is that right? I don't know much about her. I don't either, but my gut says she was over the Pacific. 
Okay. I, and I feel I like I definitely would have run into Amelia Earhart if I had yeah. been if she had disappeared the review in a triangle, even in the shallow amount of research that I put into this. Well, I, I listened to your gut. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never led me wrong. Look at my life. Uh, <laughs> who, so, <clears throat> who else are for, Oh my god. I just I almost I think I almost died. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was a close call. That would have um, been our spookiest episode yet. It would have been. Uh, who, who else, like other than Amelia Earhart, are there, what other famous people, like famous disappearances are there? Like the Lindbergh baby didn't end up in the Bermuda Triangle, so that's not one. No, probably didn't. He was probably just murdered. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa. No, he's probably not there. Could be, though. Well, yeah, I mean, but there's no story to suggest it. Anyone, Charles Lindbergh, I wish had flown into it. He was a Nazi. Yes, I'm a bitch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of other famous disappeared people. Yeah. David Copperfield, he always yeah, reappears. Yeah, that's one. He, uh, he does reappear. David but Blaine. But he could be going into the Bermuda Triangle at that moment. Maybe that's his thing with the Statue of Liberty and all that. Yeah, he just puts him in the Bermuda Triangle. Do you want, now that you've gone through uh, three amazing circumstances, do you want to learn a little bit more about Bermuda? Oh yeah, hit me with those Bermuda facts. Sailors once thought there were demons in Bermuda. Sailors were frightened of the strange sounds coming from the islands at dusk. Mm. The noises sounded like hundreds of babies screaming out in unison, and the superstitious sailors jumped to the conclusion that demons, sea monsters, and witches haunted Bermuda. It's a Bermuda the howling, Triangle. The, the howling noises were actually from Cahos, an endemic species of seabird. Yeah, they're reincarnated babies that have been lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, that's creepy. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, Bermuda Fact 5. Birds have been brought back from the brink of extinction on Bermuda. Speaking oh, of those great. demon Cahos... They were thought to have been extinct for 300 years. Because no babies had died of the Bermuda Triangle. Exactly. In 1951, however, a scientific... They started throwing babies into the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yes, to repopulate the birds. In 1951, a scientific expedition found seven burrows, and a schoolboy at the time named David Wingate was one of the expedition members, and after completing his degree, he went back to save the species. He created a sanctuary for the birds working tirelessly to protect the Cahos for 50 years. Now, because of his work, there are over 100 Cahos remaining. Well, all 50 I have to years. say is, at what cost? <laughs> it took his whole life and there's 100 Cahos? And 100 babies. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Bermuda Fact 6, you're only ever a mile away from the ocean. Bermuda is an archipelago made up of seven main islands with an average width of one mile. It's only 25 miles long and is two miles wide at its widest point. No more than a one-mile walk will bring you to the deep blue sea. Boy, what an island paradise. That's nice, right? Yeah. Boy. I had a friend named Che who was from Bermuda, and he told me that, that it was how small it was, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I do now. Because I read it on the internet. <laughs> it sounds like a beautiful place to visit. And if you are listening to us, uh, Tourism Board of Bermuda, we will gladly accept two tickets. 
Yes, because we are doing quite quite the quite the job pumping you up. You know, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are are booking their flights now. Yeah, they can't wait to see the birds that are the reincarnated souls of dead babies and fly through the triangle that might kill them. Right. Well, we don't know. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet if it'll kill them or not. Well, I think it's going to it, it can certainly disappear them. And I've got a couple of different uh, theories. Yes, I would love to hear this. Okay. I'm going to start with the more mundane ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the uh, Gulf Stream, which has basically been described as a river in the middle of the ocean, uh, will frequently uh, catch Isn't it sailing. air? Uh, no, there's also one in the water. Oh, there's there's a, uh, an aqua Gulf Stream? I believe so, from what I was reading. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, and it will... Uh, throw sailors off course because basically the currents will be so strong so it'd be very easy for boats to get lost there so that would explain disappearances well of, it, it of would boats. explain getting lost but would it explain disappearances well i mean you get lost in the ocean it could be very hard to find you especially like in days before satellites you know like, oh i guess those those disappearances did take place a while ago yeah for the most part and also there's a uh a large amount of tropical cyclones in the area. It just is a bad weather place to be traveling. Well, that's what. It, yeah, that was one of the Bermuda facts. Was its its weather is perfect for shipwrecks. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah, you say, you were talking about reefs. You right. Know, there are just lots of. It's just a treacherous area to sail. And you've got fly. the Gulf Stream, the reefs. You've got all that stuff going on. So these these people could be getting lost and crashing anywhere and sinking. We don't know. Uh, there's also a lot of magnetic anomalies, allegedly, in the area that could be throwing off navigational equipment, which could, once again, leading to planes running out of fuel, boats getting lost. How could a magnetic anomaly lead to a plane running out of fuel? Well, if it's heading in the wrong direction for a long oh, time, well. and it doesn't know. <laughs> I suppose that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a theory... Okay, now we're getting into things that are a little bit more esoteric. Okay, excellent. Uh, it could be methane hydrates, uh, underground gas deposits that uh, cause something called mud volcanoes, which is basically like an underwater volcano, but instead of lava erupting out of the ground, it's gas. And so it shoots up all the dirt and basically makes a big pillar of mud, you know, but also gas. And what this can do is it can create frothy water that doesn't provide enough buoyancy to keep boats afloat. So they'll just sink. They'll just sink into this, like, thin water, basically. Oh, my God. How horrible. Yes. What a nightmare. Yes. It sounds truly like a horrifying thing to happen. Uh, then they say that it could be happening in this area. Wonderful. Uh, up next, Aliens. Could be of course. kidnapping people. <laughs> we really jumped it up there really quickly. We went yes. from uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. This is where we've crossed the line. Uh, <laughs> aliens, aliens. It could be aliens either from space or another dimension, or there could be some sort of dimensional gateway situation. I guess you're an alien if you come from another dimension. You're in just as you are if you're from outer space, right? Yeah, like I, like I would consider Krang from Ninja Turtles an alien. Is he the brain? Yeah, he was the brain inside the robot body. And he was from another dimension? He was from Dimension X. Yeah, he's definitely an alien. Yeah. I mean, look at him. 
I don't think you could say because there have been aliens. Look at him! You can tell. You can tell. <laughs> you sound positive. They're not like us. Okay? You sound positively Texan right now. They are not one of us. Uh, <laughs> the other. So the other possibility, my fun, and I think the most compelling one, is that located within the Bermuda Triangle is some sort of either at Either it's Atlantis, uh, or like an Atlantean colony, something with Atlantean technology that is interfering with navigational equipment. And the reason why I find this compelling is because of something called the Bimini Road. Really quick, I want you to do a Google image search of Bimini Road. B-I-M-I-N-I? B-I-M-I-N-I. Okay. And if you could just... Uh, describe to the listener what you're seeing there. Image search. Yeah. Um, oh, I see a lion underwater. I see an underwater city. I see Atlantis. I okay. see an a lot older. Of these are apparently not actually the Bimini Road. They're the least impressive looking one. Should be just ro- like a line, like it basically looks like a road at the bottom of the ocean. That's big flat rocks lined up. Oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little high. It's like a little cobblestone uh, road. It's like how the West Side Highway used to be. Yeah, so it's that at the bottom of the ocean. That's strange. It is strange. How did it get there? Where is it going? Atlantis. It's going to Atlantis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Solved it. Yeah, we figured this one out. Bermuda Triangle, Atlantis. See you next week. (laughs) Wait a sec. Wait, are you saying that the Atlantean technology makes the planes crash and shit, or that the planes are being welcomed into Atlantis and the people are just staying there and living there forever? I'm saying that... Or could it be either? It could be either. I'm saying that it's Atlantean technology some way interacting with our navigational technology. Whether it is to what end, who can say? To lure them to be new citizens of Atlantis because they lost their fertility generations ago and they need men? That could be it. That could be it. I I like that. That should have been the theory. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bunch of scheme. Yeah, horny lady Atlanteans that need men. You've solved it. You know who's a handsome Atlantean? That guy from Game of Thrones who plays oh, Jason Oct- Momoa. Yeah. Yeah, I've. You know what I like about him? His eyebrows. Uh, I mean they're great, but what I like is I saw like an interview with him somewhere where uh, he said he was like talking to a director and he just said like for this movie am I going to need to have abs and the director's like no no it should be fine he's like oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) that is so that oh my god I can't imagine having to have abs for anything but like that would be my attitude yeah like that and that to me was just so like okay yeah that's cool. This guy's. Cool. That's like a regular dude, you know. Yeah, like, like he's like it's his job to have abs, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, and he's totally like admitting, like, oh, I just come about this naturally. Like, no, I have to put in a lot of hard work when I do that, and it sucks. Yeah, and I'd prefer not to. 
<laughs> I love that. Jason Momoa did a very good job. Yeah. So that comes to the end of my Bermuda Triangle research. Well, I enjoyed it. I think you've given us a lot of good information to continue on with the show with. All right, good, because I think it might be time for fight night. Well, let me get three more Bermuda facts before fight okay. night, because then we can end. We can be done with the Bermuda facts. All right, let me hit hit me with that final trio. Bermuda facts. John Lennon wrote songs in Bermuda. Lennon had a real connection with Bermuda, crediting both his ocean crossing and the time he spent there with revitalizing his creative energies. The former Beatle, who hadn't released an album since 1974, ended up completing more than 20 songs while in Bermuda. Mm. And, you know, I could see it being a very inspiring place. Yes, other than, you know, with the children being thrown into the ocean. Yeah, and you hear their screams coming from the mouths of birds. Yeah, the Cahos. They were really the the dead children, you know. But maybe that's inspiring. I mean, who knows? I'm not a I Beatle. mean, it would inspire something. Probably not the great tunes of Mr. John Lennon. Well, but... think about Blackbird, Lift Your Wings and Fly. could be about Cahos. It could be about a, a soul of a dead child trying to escape from the bird. Or the Civil Rights Movement, one or the it, other. It could be about a lot of things. It's probably about the Civil Rights Movement. I mean... <laughs> Don't fall into what I like to call the tyranny of the auteur. You get to decide what art is about. Yeah, that's what that's member. the one that's how I, I listen to the song. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um Bermuda fact number eight. At one stage there were only three people on the entire island of Bermuda. There were there were no natives on Bermuda, so mm. a shipwreck marked the beginning of human colonization. However, most of the settlers didn't fancy sticking around and left as soon as they managed to get new ships. Only three so, people... Most so, too. Oh, only three were left. Okay. Only three people stayed behind in what we now know as Bermuda while everyone else left. God, why would you leave Bermuda? It sounds fantastic. Well, three people were like, no, we love it here. Yeah, I guess it would be tough life, being three people on an island. Well, I think uh, it was settled shortly afterwards uh, okay. on purpose so they weren't there alone for long but they got then they got first dibs on all the good spots so and all the cahos smart yeah and all the uh onions mm, oh yeah the onions oh. delicious onions oh yeah get those frying up with a little garlic oh. next thing you know you got something going baby i hate onions uh bermuda fact number nine believe it or not bermuda is uh contrary to what i said earlier bermuda is not in the caribbean Perhaps the biggest misconception about Bermuda is that it's part of the Caribbean and near Jamaica or even Cuba. It's actually much further northeast and over 750 miles away from the Bahamas. Yeah, I was really surprised when I looked at on the map where the Bermuda Triangle is that it is much farther north than I thought. I didn't want to cheat and look at the map, so uh, and I don't know anything about geography, um, but it was surprising that it was so far away from the Bahamas for me. Yeah, take a, take a look at a map real quick. Really? Any map? A map. Just Google Bermuda Triangle. Oh. Yeah, don't look at just any map. <laughs> I, th I just thought you wanted me to see a map. Um, Take a look at a map, buddy. Here we go. Uh, it's... Oh, okay. So Puerto Rico, Bermuda, and Florida are the three points. Yeah. And you can see Bermuda's like all the way up to like as north as Maryland or something. Yeah, it's way up there. Look at that. Jesus. Okay, well, I didn't know that. No, I learned something. Hey, we did learn something today. 
We learned a bunch of stuff, and we're not even done. Yeah, so, we're definitely not done because it's Fight Night! Fight! Yeah, play that! So... I forgot. I, I forgot the intro doesn't play until after yeah. you edited it. In. No, I, I was going to no, listen. No, I don't. I never set it up to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, so we got Bermuda Triangle versus Shaquille O'Neal. I, I, okay. Um, how many prime Shaquille O'Neal's to defeat the Bermuda Triangle? Um, I don't understand how the Bermuda Triangle works. Let's go with it being Atlantean technology. Okay, Atlant. <laughs> I, th- I think that if it's Atlantean technology, well, is Shaq in a boat or is Shaq swimming? Let's say Shaq, and I'm going to say multiple Shaqs are going to be in on this. They have a submarine. And they have scuba suits. Okay, how about this? How about they have scuba suits, but they're on dolphins? Okay, trained dolphins. Trained dolphins. Okay. That way it won't mess with their navigation and stuff. Mmm. And they can... They have can... the Atlanteans prepared for dolphins. Their natural enemy. That's a natural enemy of Atlanteans? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> dolphins are rapists, by the way. Yeah, the Atlanteans would hate them. Yeah, totally. Um, so... I say, uh, well, how many Atlanteans are left, do you think? None. It's all just an old machine that's still running on its own. One Shaquille O'Neal on a dolphin, then. Okay, he's going to get shot by their underwater lasers. Well, you just, What do you mean? It's a machine with a defense system? It's like Skynet? Yes. Oh, it's, so yeah. it's, Sky, it's Skynet. It's now. not. No, it's. I'm going to say it's not artificially intelligent, it's all automated. Okay, then two Shaquille O'Neal's. The first to walk out in front and re- to, to get zapped, and the other one goes, it's an automated defense system. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes it and is very careful and walks like Indiana Jones through the Temple of Doom and all the traps go off before him, and he pulls the wire out of the wall, and it's all over. All right, you got it. Two Shaqs take down the Bermuda Triangle. Here's one for you. Okay. The Bermuda Triangle versus the cast, the cast of... Pushing the line. Okay. Tell me what that is. Okay. Pushing the line is a reality show about the new sport, the relatively new sport of highlining. That is when you attach a tightrope like thing between like 500 uh, yards between two 900 foot high mountaintops and okay. then you walk that line. Okay. So they. I'm going to say that for them to defeat the Bermuda Triangle on their own terms, it's going to be walking on a tightrope across the Bermuda Triangle. Right. So, the Bermuda Triangle, I'm going to say to cross it, you're going to have to at least go from... You're going to have to take the long way. You're going to have to go from the apex down. You're going to have to split it in half. Okay. So that's going to be something like 800 miles... Across that's a long the open walk. Ocean. 
Not even... I'm going to say you couldn't even do that if it weren't the Devil's Triangle. I'm going <laughs> to say no. I'm going to say the Triangle's got them. I think so, too. But everyone should watch Pushing the Line because it's the most ridiculously stupid sport. <laughs> just pure arrogance. It, it is. That. It's just... And, and they're all like, we've all lost people in the past six months. And it's like, of course you have. And you'll be next. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. This is... You could do, be doing something so much better with your life than this. Shibble, you gotta watch it. They're so into it, and they and they're just. It's like they're so their arrogance and and lack of fear of death is just so galling. Well, they gotta do us. We're calling you out now. Pushing the line, push the line across the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, really. You want to impress me? Although yeah. there's one named Mia Noblet who's like this kind of mousy little chick who's like really, really, really good at it, and she never falls, and um, I think she Because might be if she fell, she would die? No, because they're attached to the line. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't do it like tightrope with no net. I mean, they're attached to the line. Well, now this just sounds pointless then. <laughs> well, it's still, I mean, they're risking their lives. Like, anything goes wrong, they're dead. I mean, anything... Yeah, happens. no, it still sounds horrible. All right. The Bermuda Triangle... Mm-hmm. Versus Ed Warren, Lorraine Warren, and Judith Penny. Okay, so that's The Conjurings and their new best friend, a talking dog, Judith. No, Judith is uh, allegedly Ed's underage mistress who lived with both Ed and Lorraine for 40 years. Oh, okay. Why? Wow, that sounds like a 40 years, that sounds like a really strong team. Can you believe the wife was okay with it? I mean, it takes all types. It does take all types, but they portray them as this, like, uh, traditional family. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, one is probably a lot more marketable to, you know, middle America. That's true. Of course, it's a horror movie about Satan, so... Well, middle America loves to be scared about that. It's true. Uh, yeah... Boy, I'm going to say, I'm going to say once again, I'm going to put it on the Devil's Triangle. And why is that? I think it's just too large an area. And I think also they'll be going in, they'll be, you know, fooled into thinking it's something supernatural. Yes. And I think if it's Atlantean, it's just super technological. I think you're absolutely right. I, I give that one to the Triangle. Now we have the Bermuda Triangle versus Tri-Angels. Any three seraphim. Mmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to put this one on the seraphim. They have a lot of crazy powers. They've got, you know, they're 20 feet tall and three heads, or they're made entirely out of eyeballs. One of those situations. Four-dimensional wings. They'll fuck you up, man. Yeah, they are powerful. I, I give it to the seraphim. Last but not least, we have um, a big matchup. The main event, uh, Bermuda Triangle versus Roland Kincaid. Mmm, Kincaid. My man from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. That is correct. The best part of the series. The definitive best teen, I'm going to say, in all of Elm Street. You would be correct. Uh... I gotta put this one on Kincaid. He's Every gonna, time. He's gonna get that jive turkey. He's gonna get that jive turkey. He's gonna go, hey, triangle! Pussy! Yep. <laughs> That's my favorite quote when he goes, Kruger! Pussy! 
Yeah, he's calling him out. All right. Well, that he's the was the only one that ever called him out. He is, and he he ended up dying, but he he died with pride in that yeah. movie. Freddie didn't get the best. Freddie didn't get the best of him. No, he never. Uh, you know, he never lost his cool. He was still cool to the end. And that was fight night. You know, and that sounded crazy. But can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. This might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Oh, I love this new theme song. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, for those at home, we've been using this new theme song this entire season, but I just recorded it right now in uh, our recording order. So we're both kind of vibing on it. Even yeah. though we're not listening to it right now, we're just thinking about it. We're just thinking about it and totally vibing. Um, Chibble, you tell me, can the Bermuda Triangle love? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this is, and I hate to say it because I'm in love with love, but I don't think the Bermuda Triangle can love. And why is that? Because it's got no, it's not personified in any way? Yeah, it seems to not be, uh, to have a will or identity (laughs) uh, or self. Uh, So a robot can't love? No, no. Well, I'm gonna say a robot cannot love. Aww. Uh, especially one that has no identity or sense of self, or uh, you know. But C-3PO was like in the final Star Wars movie, the last one. He made me cry. I think C-3PO had a sense of identity and self. Eh. I think. Uh, I think 3PO knew. Uh, I think 3PO knew how to love. So you're saying it just can't love. That's your answer. Yeah, because I don't think it has a consciousness or... I think it can love. Okay. I Run think it that. is an empty space in this earth that is hungry. I think it is hungry for uh, companionship. And I think it pulls in whatever it can find, whatever's closest to it, the nearest form of life. And I think it's because it's lonely. And I think that it, it will keep pulling in whatever it can to be close to. And it destroys it in the process, but I, I think that's just the tragic part of being the Bermuda Triangle. Well, then I'm going to say that what you've described is not love. It's not? Uh, no, it sounds um, too destructive. But that's like, I just described like all my relationships ever. Well, you should stop destroying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> that would be horrible. 
Um, no, I'm I'm just I'm just presenting I'm just presenting a, a, a you know another view. No, no, and I think I think you've made some good points. I think that is certainly one way to think of the Bermuda Triangle. Another way to think of the Bermuda Triangle. Well, there's there's another question to ask, right? Yes, can we think of it as something that fucks? What do you think? Do you um, think it gets freaky between 500 square mile sheets? I didn't find much about triangles and sex, although there is... Um, just uh, in general, just the shape and sex don't yes. really interact? No. Uh, this Week in Science, which is a publication, had an article called Sex Triangle that was terribly boring. Mm. And uh, I sent you uh, the Torrid Triangle, uh, mm-hmm. an article from Cosmo. It's uh, the link marked Triangle Sex. Uh, yep. Uh, it's a sexual position called the Torrid Triangle. And that lends some sexuality to the Bermuda Triangle, I think. Uh, do you see what they're doing? Uh, it's I'm pulling it up. Here we are. The Torrid Triangle from October 27th. 2013 that uh, looks pretty mundane it looks like missionary doesn't it it looks a lot like missionary but I think the Uh, woman greets the man by raising herself okay what they're saying here in the Torah Triangle is this sounds like the dumbest way to have sex I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, well, it certainly sounds quite dumb. Yeah. What they're suggesting is that uh, man does something like a push-up, but stays in the upright position. And then the lady in this situation is thrusting her pelvis upwards to meet him, and he does not move. This sounds exhausting for everyone involved. And needlessly difficult. It sounds like an ab workout. It, yeah, this sounds. It sounds very suboptimal. <laughs> uh, and that is not what this you want sounds... from a sex position. Suboptimal is not the shibble rating you want. No, I don't want to be doing this and be thinking. I wish I was just doing missionary. When I was in high school, I used to call Shibble for sex advice. I'd be like, "What should I do with my girlfriend?" And he would, and I would name a position, and he would go suboptimal. It's true. I sounded. What I like about stories that you told about me in high school, and that you still, to an extent, do that just proved, is that you will give me a British accent. It's not. I don't think it's British. I. It's its own accent. Well, I do it's it all true. the time. I tell, like, I'll tell uh, my girlfriend. I'll be like, and then Shibble, Shibble was like, and then he told a story about me, and and he used a British accent. <laughs> That's my Shibble impression, and it's been like that since he was thirteen. It never will change. It's not accurate, but it's dead on. So. Uh, I see you also sent me uh, some erotica. I found some Bermuda Triangle erotica. And since you asked me, can it F, um, I I think one of the best responses is, is there erotica about it? And if the answer is yes, then, you know, the answer to the other question is probably yes. This one is called Slave of the Bermuda Triangle. It's written by one Mr. Jack Norman. And I was wondering if you'd read it for me, Shibs. I'd love to. Oh, thank you. 
Honeymoon couple Dan and Amy Richards sailing on a small yacht in the waters of the Bermuda Triangle are inexplicably transported to another time when their boat is wrecked by a freak storm. They find themselves separated in a bygone world where tall ships sail the seas and ruthless pirates maraud in the search for slaves and bullion. Amy is taken as a slave, along with 30 other young women by a corsair Zebek, ranging far away from its home waters of the Barbary coasts. Her breasts are pierced and tagged, and she is subjected to the ravages and lusts of the pirate crew as the ship takes slaves for sale in a foreign port. Henry Smith, captain of the Zebek, recognizes that Amy's knowledge of the future could give immense power in his primitive world. He sets about interrogating her with long, steamy sessions in his cabin. However, pirate democracy dictates that he must also share Amy with his crew in the ongoing orgy on the high seas. Moreover, the ship's slaver skillfully releases Amy's darkest desires, turning her into a panting slut, ravenous for sex. That's very good. If you'd like to continue, there is a little bit more. Meanwhile... <laughs> Dan is picked up by the Zebek's sister pirate ship. Uh-oh. And he, too, is thrust into abject and humiliating slavery. He is later transferred to the Zebek, where the crazed captain's thirst for power leads him to make Dan a slave clerk, hoping to learn more power-giving information. There, he can only watch his wife's debauchery as she sinks even further into the debasement of her slavery. Wow. Boy. What's going on with Jack Norman? He seems like his name should be Jack Normal Man. Because <laughs> everything he's saying is normal. Yeah, yeah, just breasts being pierced and tagged. Yeah, it's perfectly normal to be writing about that happening in the Bermuda Triangle. The craziest part of that story is that it was true. <laughs> I like how they make the husband a slave clerk. Yeah. They gave him a job. Yeah. <laughs> to watch his wife's uh, debasement. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for that one. It was better written than some of the other ones. It's true, I'll give it that. There were a lot of complete sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, more impressive than usual. Uh, uh, Shibble, at this point in the episode... I am scared, I have to tell you, because I'm thinking, what if I'm on a ship or a plane and I am going in that direction? And I, I need to know, is this something I really have to worry about? Is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Well, let me tell you. Based on what I've read. Right. Statisticians will tell you that the amount of disappearances that have happened within the Bermuda Triangle uh, is the exact amount of disappearances you would expect to have happen in any other equivalent area of the ocean. Oh. This so is just a normal amount of disappearances. <laughs> this is It's just normal. Sometimes things disappear. That's it? That's it. Wait, so my first guess was right? 
Your first guess was indeed spot on. This is it's just a normal part of the ocean. Oh my god, I and, just wrote that to be kind of a dickhead. Yeah. Sometimes reality is the biggest dickhead. Yeah, what what? So it's there's nothing to worry about? I mean, no more than you'd have to worry about anywhere else. Maybe the scarier part is, is that the yeah. entire ocean is the, is the Bermuda Triangle. triangle. <laughs> Think about that. Wait, time out. You're saying that you would expect that number anywhere in the world, or you're saying that you could cherry-pick cases and find different areas where that happens? Are you saying any place you would expect that? I many? think any place that has like the same amount of traffic going through it because you know that is like basically if you're going from say europe yeah down to mexico it's a major you would be sailing through there yeah Yeah. it's a a well-trafficked area so yeah you'd want to have a similar traffic and sort of similar relatively normal amount of hazardous conditions you know another place where there's a lot of storms a lot of storms a lot of a place where there's a lot of reefs reefs you know we talked about and you talked about the jet streams yeah. So it's just a dangerous place to travel? Yeah, but not, like, excessively dangerous. Just, like, you know. Just, like, be careful like you would anywhere else. Yeah, just, like, you can't just go sailing around like an idiot. You, things can happen. You know, you've got to be careful. But not any more careful. <laughs> yeah, just just as careful as you want to be doing your job, sailing <laughs> or flying over the Caribbean. <laughs> Oh my god, this is the first episode where we've just been straight up like, no, this is nah. not real. No, nah, sorry, Bermuda Triangle. Then And that's why kids aren't scared of the Bermuda Triangle anymore. Because it's actually just not real. Were we scared? I, w- I remember thinking it was like kind of eerie when I was little. Yeah, like I, I remember seeing like Time Life books had those like supernatural series of yep. books. Yep. And there was definitely one that was just Bermuda Triangle. Totally. We should definitely just find a set of those. That would be so useful for us. <laughs> Why? Because they would have all the information we need for a new episode. We'd be like, oh yeah, we'll just go to the next, ep- you know, we'll go to the Bigfoot issue of the Time Life Secrets and Mysteries book. Shibble, we do far, we do far more research than than just a Time Life book. It's true. <laughs> I How much research did you do for this episode? Um, I think I opened three Wikipedia pages. Stop it! Don't say that because you did you did more research than that. I can tell. It's just so you did so well that it can't be true. I mean, I did a little bit more digging to find out exactly how much that manganese would be worth. <laughs> I was just curious. And you wrote a story, so don't put yourself I did down. Write a, I'm not putting myself down. I'm just saying I think having a time the set of those time life books would be cool. If you if you want me to go on eBay and take a peek, all you have to do is ask. You don't have to say we need them for this show. I'm just gonna keep an eye out at garage sales. I'm sure I can, or actually, probably more likely estate sales. Really, more likely estate sales? Yeah, because the the people that bought that kind of stuff, they're all dying now. What is that? What? <laughs> yeah, they're all old. The that generation is dying. What? What is that light? Oh, and that looks like the red light from Uncle Monster. Oh my God, I didn't even realize. My, I, I'm sorry, Uncle Monster. Uncle Monster, you got you got any movie recommendations for us this week? Yeah. Um. Hi. Hi, Uncle Monster. How are you? I'm good. Did you ever see uh, the one? Uh. Uh. What's it? Moby Dick? What the the movie 
or the book. Yeah, but there was one with uh, the guy that was in Rocky Horror Picture Show and Spin City. David Spade? He played Captain Ahab, and he was like Cyber Moby Dick. Michael J. Fox? No. No, he was, uh, Barry Bostwick. <laughs> what? Uncle Monster knows who Barry Bostwick is. Is that, and what happens in the movie? Uh, uh, Barry, Captain Ahab Bostwick ha- has to hunt Moby Dick, but he's a future Moby Dick. He's got, um, he's like a mutant and a robot or something. That sounds great, Uncle Monster. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Hey, Ships, can I give it a try? Yeah, yeah, let's see if we can find out what's going on with old Uncle Monster 2. Hey, it's me, Uncle Monster 2. Hey. I license Uncle Monster's act because I'm his twin and take it on the road. Hey, easy money for the family. Yeah. (laughs) You got a movie for us? Yeah, I saw a really good one on Shudder. Okay. Ask me what it is. What is it? It's called Homewrecker. Okay, tell me about it. It's about a lady who's an interior designer, and she meets a crazy lady at the coffee shop, and the crazy lady invites her to her house, and it slowly gets out of control, and she can't escape, and and she has to find a way out of the house and, and, and to maintain her sanity and her marriage. It's really oh. interesting, and I suggest you watch it on Shudder. All right. Thanks, Uncle M2. M2, Uncle yeah. M2. UM2, we call them. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the Bermuda Triangle. And obviously, if you want to learn more about the Bermuda Triangle, beyond the fact that it's fake, there's <laughs> just a lot out there. There is just a ton of information. I'm sure it'll be very rewarding to dig into if you found that yeah. at all. Interesting. If you like wasting your time learning about fake stuff. Yeah, I mean, Between to your... be honest, if you didn't like wasting your time learning about fake stuff, I don't think you'd listen to the show. What well, between uh, Wikipediaing pyrite, you can uh, you can go and look up uh, uh, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> and while I you're thought, on I Wikipedia, thought that was a decent joke. I'm sorry. No, that that was a bad. Uh, while you're online, why don't you uh, check out some of our social media if you haven't. Uh, Followed us on social media. It's what do we got? Uncle Monster Six on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Uncle Monster Six, and of course mm-hmm. on Patreon we are at Uncle Monster Six. And on Patreon we have a brand new seven-part uh, Nightmare on Monster Street series where we do deep dives into all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and we also and have. Everyone. 60 second synopses um we have a whole bunch of stuff coming so it's very exciting and we are enjoying it but uh enjoying it all the more because we have you guys along with us yes and uh hopefully you'll tune in next week and until then (gasps) don't don't get get spooked. spooked